You're listening to a podcast of New Covenant Church. Join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Pompano. Well, hello again. It's good to see your faces. Wow. There's, there's a lot of you here. Oh, my goodness. This is great. Uh, we may have underestimated how many were coming, but I see we have people lined up on the back. Sorry if you're sitting on folding chairs. Uh, but so glad you're all, you all are here. It is, it is truly a blessing to be together and to, to connect this morning uh, on this great Easter Sunday. Uh, that was awesome, worship team. Thank you so much. Uh, Sarah, Sarah is our worship director. She just does an amazing job. And if you, she was the one playing piano, if you don't know. And if you get a chance to see her after, just give her whatever you feel comfortable, high five, elbows, uh, hugs, uh, you know, I think she'll be good for whatever, just, <laughs> just lean in. Um, we are going to be in a, just a simple verse this morning, one verse, uh, at least as our main text, and it comes from the book of Romans. It is chapter 15, verse 13. Uh, we're going to be a few different places in Scripture today, but this is going to be our main uh, reflecting verse that we're gonna we're gonna look at today. Um, can we stand together, a quick, even just one verse. Let's just honor the Lord's word by standing, and then we'll pray. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Oh God, thank you for your word. Thank you just for the time already spent in your word, thinking through, God, just the time that we have been singing and the the truth of that, that your promises are true, that your faithfulness is not just okay, it's not just good, it's great. Thank you. For the empty tomb that we get to celebrate today, thank you for giving us life and loving us. Thank you, God, for this room full of people. Thank you for those at home. God, thank you for this community. God, would you move powerfully in and around us today? We need you more than ever. We need you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a seat, please. As always, the, the world is giving us plenty of option, opportunities to kind of turn our heads and go, well, that, that's new. That's interesting. Um, if you've not ever heard of The Ever Given, that was the name of a boat, a cargo ship that... Over the, a couple weeks ago, got stuck in one of the most important trade routes in in all the world. Uh, if you missed the, that news, it was it was kind of a big deal. <laughs> I was actually talking about it, like I mentioned it the other day, and my wife's like, "What boat? What are you talking about?" It's like, really? 
This is me. And she's doing other things. I get it. It's, she's busy. But, um, yeah, I mean, this, this ship was one of the largest ships in the world. Like, one of the largest container ships ever created, ever built. It, uh, it's as long as the Empire State Building. Yeah, so it's like the Empire State Building, you know, floating down a canal. Um, and the Suez Canal is not just any canal. I mean, this was, this was, this is an important piece of waterway that was built like 150 years ago. It divides Asia and Africa. Uh, every year it sees something like almost 20,000 vessels travel across it because it cuts trade down to, you know, it, it shortens the time quite a bit. And so this thing, the Empire State Building, is going down this thing. It, it's 200,000 tons. This amazing symbol of modern technology stuck in the mud. That's what happened. It got stuck in the mud, and then it, like, turned and blocked the entire width of this trade route. And they, they had different estimations on the impact that this had to our economy, our global economy. And then they started talking, like, oh, this could impact toilet paper again. It just... Like, you can't make this stuff up, man. And then people are starting to, to go to the store. They're hoarding their toilet paper again. And you're just like, okay, great. Never in the 150-year history of the canal has, has this happened, something like this happened. And the world was spending weeks trying to figure out how do we get this thing out without it ripping in half, without it dumping all its cargo, and... One, there was this kind of viral picture that was floating around during all of it because they're trying to think through how to get this thing out. And, and this picture went around the internet. Not, not going to cut it. This little earth mover next to, I mean, just, you can't even see the whole ship, but it's just, it gives you some perspective. And whether it was trying to push it or dig dig dirt out from under it, you're like, this is not your best effort, world. And they could not figure out how to get this thing out. Now, eventually they got it out last week um, and, you know, back to life, back to, back to normal. But, I mean, our world is something, man. It is funny. And nothing should surprise us anymore, right? I mean, we have just about seen it all, what we think, at least in the last year, uh, it's been crazy. More things just keep coming up, and we're just like, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised at it, but we are surprised at it. We are surprised at these things, all of it, because we have become so used to a certain way of life that when things like this happen, we just don't get it. We're like, like we expect answers fast, quickly. Technology has given us the ability to get answers so fast so that when crazy things like that happen, we're just like, well, just fix it. Stuck in the mud? Like, okay, get it out. Like, this, this can't be that hard. We have this virus rolling around, you know, for, for all this time. And, you know, I, way back when, when it all was starting, we're like, surely this won't last long. I ordered something from Amazon like a week or week and a half ago, and it was, I was excited to get it, and it was supposed to come last Tuesday. And Tuesday came, 
and went, and it didn't show up. And, you know, I'm tracking the package, and it kind of wasn't giving me all the answers I was looking for. It was, it was weird. Like, it wasn't, it said, oh, it's delayed, but, you know, it'll be there kind of in the next day or so. I was like, well, that's, that's not a lot. And then I'm tracking it on UPS, like no information. And so <laughs> I finally get some answers. Like, I finally, after several days, was like, you know, chatting with a representative, like, where's, where's my package? And they're like, let me check. And so they, she comes back online chatting. She says, it's lo- it's, it was lost in transit. It's like, what year is this? Like, this cannot, this, didn't, this can't be true. And, you know, it's so silly. It's so stupid. And I just get, like, undone. I'm, like, offended. Like, you lost my pack. It's like, how, this thing was huge. Like, how is that possible and they're very kind, like, oh, we'll get you a refund or a replacement. What would you like? And I'm like, I want to know where my package is. Like, who has it? And I know, and I may be exaggerating a little on my emotional state. But look, the, the reality is that life is confusing at times. It is complex. It's hard. All right, you're like, yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> Life is hard. Life is hard. There is so much that we are all dealing with. We're, we're juggling a million things. We're trying to figure things out. We're stressed out. We're, we're freaking out at times. We're, we're overwhelmed. We're... So, yeah, when Amazon says your package is going to be there on Tuesday and it doesn't come on Tuesday, you know, we're, we're like, okay, this just adds to the level. It's just another thing piling up on life to add to the craziness. And it can all feel just so hopeless. It can. It's like that little machine sitting next to that 200,000 ton ship being like, I'm getting it. I'm Is it happening? Whether it's pushing it or digging it out, like we just can feel like that. Like, like I cannot make what I want happen to happen. There's nothing I can do. And it can feel so hopeless. We can feel like that. Hope. It's what we want. It's what we need, right? We, we want to know that everything is going to work out in some way, shape, or form, that it is going to be okay. And we're even willing to put in some time, some effort, some hard work to, 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 to contribute, but we just want to know that that work is meaningful, that that work is going to pay off, that it is going to produce something, that we're going to have a future. And more and more studies are coming out showing that that we, and especially we as Americans, are losing hope. We're, we're losing hope. We're having trouble seeing the end having trouble seeing the end as something positive and hopeful. Do you you identify with that? Are you losing hope? Is your hope struggling? I want to tell you this morning, and the the message of this morning is, is simple. God wants you to have hope. He does. He not only wants you to have hope, he promises hope. He promises hope to you. He promises hope for you. He promises hope for this world. 
And the hope that we have available to us, the, the promise of hope, is only available to us because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's why we're here. It's why we're sitting in these seats. It's why you're watching at home. Like, today is Easter Sunday. It is Resurrection Sunday. It's a day that we think on and focus on something so much bigger than we can understand, something so much more powerful than, than we could have ever dreamed up. It is bigger than that giant ship stuck in the mud. It is bigger than this virus that's causing so much trouble on this earth. We have something available to us, and it is the hope of the resurrection. It is the empty tomb, the story of Easter. It is good news. It's the best news. It's all we have. And if this is something foreign to you, and maybe you're here today because you know, someone dragged you here, family member, friend, and just nothing else to do on this beautiful Sunday morning, and you're like, whatever. I hope... God talks to you today. I hope that, that, that you will receive something special, that hope will be renewed in you for something bigger than just the things that we tend to put our hope in. And for those of us that, uh, that do believe in Christ and that have a relationship with God, but still you're feeling, like, like me at times, like we feel that hope just pulling away and, and, and we lose it. We're starting to lose it more and more. I want to, I believe that God is going to speak to you this morning. See, the, the scripture that I read, this little verse from Romans 15, this is the Apostle Paul writing to help strengthen our hope. He was writing 2,000 years ago to strengthen the hope of the Roman church, and he is writing to us today to strengthen our hope because honestly, it doesn't matter what year it is, every, everyone, all the time, we are wrestling with losing hope fighting for hope. He says, may the God of hope fill you with hope. We need this. It's a little prayer that he prayed and wrote down for us. May the God of hope fill you with all these things and, and mostly with hope. But I, I think we need some help in understanding what hope is because we probably use that word a lot or at least think in terms of that a lot. But what, what is hope? That's the question for you, for me. What is it? How do we know if we have it? How do we know if we're, when we talk about it that we're talking about the right thing? Because we tend to see hope as this desire for something to happen in the future, right? We, we hope in all kinds of things. But it's usually, it's, it's kind of weak, right? We, oh, I hope I get this new job. I hope that I do well on that test. I hope my kids grow up to be better than they are right now. I hope I don't get a divorce. I hope, I hope, I hope, right? We, we use hope for the, the biggest things of life and sometimes the most trivial things of life. And the question for us is, okay, is that really hope? And I'd say, no, that's, that's not hope because it's really us. It's like the, the, the ship and the, the little earth mover. It's, it's us kind of pushing against this giant thing saying like, well, I hope, hope things work out for the best. Fingers crossed. 
got a positive mental attitude, you know, this is... See, biblical hope is something more. It's something bigger. It's something better. It is a confidence. It is a confidence that that something good is coming. It's not just a desire that something good is coming. It is confidence that something good is coming. When the Bible uses the term hope, it is so much bigger than what we're used to talking about with hope. G.K. Uh, Chesterton, he said, he said, hope means expectancy when things are otherwise hopeless. I love that word, expectancy, because honestly, right, I mean, I just... I kind of tend towards expecting the worst. And I know some of you are such optimists. You know, every, every glass is half full and every challenge is an opportunity. Sometimes, sometimes our faith wavers a bit. Our hope wavers. We, we don't expect the good things to come, the good things to happen. And so how do we get there? How do we get to this place where we expect a confident expectation, a confident belief that good is coming? And the only way to have that kind of expectancy is if hope is grounded in something bigger, something stronger, something that, that will outlast all the craziness that we see day in and day out. See, hope has to be connected to belief, to faith. Has to be. Hope has to be connected to faith, to belief. He said, the, the prayer starts with, may the God of hope, God of hope, it's Hope and God are connected. They are tightly drawn together. See, we are saturated, saturated with things that are begging for us to hope in it, begging for us to hope in them. All the, the things that we take in on a daily basis from media consumption to news consumption to uh, food to I mean, all of it, right? It's just, it's there before us saying, I am the answer. Hope in me. See, our hope has to be grounded in something so much bigger, so much better, so much stronger than what we see. Because what we see stinks. What we see around us is not designed to give us a lot of hope. All we see are giant ships stuck in the mud. We see tiny viruses wreaking havoc on the earth. Like we see everything from those two and in between. And we go, what hope is there? We need a foundation for our hope. And that's what Paul is giving us here. He says, may the God of hope, may, may God fill you with all joy and peace in believing. See that, that little phrase is so important. In believing. See, that should make us ask a question. He says, I want to fill you with hope, joy, and peace, and all these things in believing. And we should go, okay, believing in what? This great promise of joy and peace and of hope, the things that we want most in this world come through believing. They come through faith. And so the question is, what do we need to believe? 
What do we need to, to have faith in? It's the God of hope. To believe that there is a God, that he exists, that he is real, that he is actively working, and that he has done something that we couldn't do for ourselves, and that he has done something amazing and huge and, and glorious. And that thing is the resurrection. It's the resurrection. It comes down to the resurrection, the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the God of hope and what he has done. Jesus is having a conversation with some friends of his. This is in the book of John, in John chapter 11. He's having a conversation with some friends because another friend of theirs died and everyone is sad and crying and weeping and the circumstances of life look hopeless. They look dire, terrible. And Jesus has this conversation with his, fr with, with his friend and he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then this amazing question, do you believe this? Jesus didn't say, I will be resurrected. I am a part of resurrection life. He says, I am the resurrection. And he says, it, this conquers everything. This beats everything. It defeats everything. And he says, do you believe this? See, that question wasn't just for them, it's for us. Do you believe this? Why are you here today? Why are you sitting in the seat listening to this great music and this talk and, and hanging out with people who are just so different than you and who normally maybe you'd never hang out with and who just don't see life always the same way you do? Like, why? Why do we go through this? Why is this actually the best thing for us? It's because of this question. Do you believe that the resurrection changes everything? That it brings life where death was? Our lives are spent constantly trying to figure out what to believe, what to give our lives to. And we give our lives to so many different things, to so many different beliefs, things we think are going to bring us hope, hope for a future, hope for a tomorrow. We say things like, well, if I just live a good enough life, be a good husband, provide for my kids, like surely good things are going to come around to me. They're, they're just going to come back at me. Or if I, if I show enough love to the world, I'm going to get good back. If, if I put enough positive energy out into the universe, the universe is going to bring it all back and I'm going to have goodness and I'm going to have a future. Now look, there's nothing wrong with wanting to, to, to do good things. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a good husband and be a good worker and, and put you know, good love out into the world. We all should want that. But if that's what we're building our life on, if that's the foundation of everything that we are hoping in, everything that we're hoping for a good future, for a promise tomorrow, then we will be caught in an endless cycle of uncertainty, of frustration, and of failure. I mean, don't you experience that? Like, you know, we're all all good people in here, right? 
just try to do the good things in life, trying to be a good person, you know, smile at someone that you never would want to normally smile at. Give some money to the poor. Be kind to your spouse. Like we, we, we do these things generally with an expectation as if I do this, I am going to get something back. There is an expectation. My hope is that me doing good to you is going to result in you and everybody else doing good back to me. And what happens? What happens? They don't do good back to us. The rest of humanity isn't doing good back to us. And so what, what, what state of mind do we get in? We lose our minds. And we hit the delete button. We hit the cancel button. We hit the I am done with you. I, uh, maybe I'm done with even being good from now on. Like good, good got me nowhere. So now it's every man for himself. Look out, world. Man, it's the cycle. And then we, 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 we try to do good. There's, there's not that reciprocation. So we're like, okay, maybe I'll try again and I'll do more. And then it, I fail. And then I do a little bit more to make up for that. And, and it's not happening. And we just get caught in prison, the prison of endless attempts at doing the right thing, jumping through the right hoops, and, and God comes and says, listen, the resurrection changes all of that. It is not about what you are able to do or what you can do. It is about what I have done for you. If you would just trust me, put your hope in me, not on those other things, because those other things are going to fail you over and over and over again. Even the best of those things are going to fail. If my hope is in my family's success, behavior, the way they treat me, as good as they are, as wonderful as they are, as much as I love my wife and my kids, if my hope is set on them, my life will be miserable. Because they'll never be able to do enough. They'll never be able to do good enough to get me to that place of finding significance and worth and value because that's what we're all looking for. It, it doesn't come from those things. It doesn't come from your job. It doesn't come from all the zeros in your bank account. It doesn't come from any of it. We have to put our hope and set our hope into something different, something bigger, something better our hope needs to be set on Jesus and in the resurrection. This is what gives us hope, and this is what gives us meaning and purpose and significance. Peter, he writes this. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The resurrection brings hope, and not just hope once. As Nikki said it earlier, it's not just God who did something way in the past. It is something that is alive. It is living. It's breathing. It is constant, and it is, it's empowering us and fueling us to live a life that's so much bigger than the things that we see around us. The resurrection changes everything. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't treat it like a fairy tale. Don't treat it like something that, that just was 
a story from long time ago. Even, his, even Jesus' best friends, when he was crucified, they said, oh, we missed it. They thought he failed. They thought it was over. They're like, well, we had a good run. And they knew, he told them over and over that, he, that, he was, that this was going to happen. And so the resurrection comes and he appears to them and, and says, hey, hey, I'm back. I told you that this was going to happen. And they're like, their life and everything, history changed from that moment on. And it can continue to change in our life because the resurrection hope changes everything. So much more than just optimism half glass full, fingers crossed, positive mental attitude. That's not hope. That's not biblical hope. God hope is so much more than that. God hope is the gospel. The gospel that, that, that I can't do enough to earn God's love and favor and mercy, but because God loved me and wanted relationship with me, he lived and died and rose from the grave so that I could have a future, I could have a hope, and you could fill your name in instead of me saying I. It is you, you, you. He promises you a future. He promises you a hope. And he wants us to take our eyes off of all these other things that want to rob our hope and take our hope and make us hopeless. God is actively working on your behalf because he loves you, has a plan for you, and he has a future for you. That's hope. And if you believe that, if you put your hope and your faith in Jesus, then he will do amazing, powerful things in your life, through your life. And that's the, that, that's the good news. That's, that's what's amazing. It's not just that we have a future, but it, it doesn't just help us for a future hope. It helps us in how we deal with life now, how we deal with the scars that we have now. We're not just sitting waiting for one day, everything's going to be made right. No, it's now. The hope is for you now to live a powerful existence so that when ships get stuck in the mud and viruses run free in the world and, and your marriage is on the rocks and your, your kids are wandering away and, and your job is, is, is not what you thought it was going to be. So when these things happen, the circumstances of life, you are not thrown around left and right. You say, no, my hope is fixed. And although the world crumbled down around me, I have Jesus. Not just for what comes after this life, but now, today. So, what do we do? Okay, we know we have access to this amazing hope. It's a promise. God promises us that that hope is there available for us to live in and that he will give it to us every single day. This passage tells us that his prayer is so that is, is that we have be, that we're filled with hope so that we will be overflowing with hope see this is where it leads us to now how we're going to live life once we walk out of here today see 
when it says, uh, so that you may abound in hope, abounding means that you're so full that it spills out of you wherever you go, and so that you are a hope bringer everywhere that you go. So <laughs> I want to say this. Let resurrection hope change you. Let it do its work. Let resurrection hope change your life, change the way that you see the world. Let it overflow from you. So what's that going to do for you? It's going to change you. Resurrection hope is going to change three things. It's going to change your look. It's going to change your language, and it's going to change your love. And I'm going to ask the team to come on back up as we start to wrap things up. Let resurrection hope change you. Let hope change you in these ways. It's going to change you. It's going to change the way that you look, the way that you, the way that you use your language, the way that you love. What do I mean? Let it change your look. Resurrection hope will change how you look at life. It's going to change the way that you see the world. The resurrection changes everything. It will change the way that you see the world, the way that you process things. You're not going to be thrown by the ups and downs and the circumstances of life. Your, your hope is not built on whether it's a good day or a bad day, because that's how we are, right? If it's a good day, man, I'm hopeful. If it's a bad day, I'm hopeless. This is why Fridays are so good, right? Fridays, the hope meter is high. Like, oh, I just have new life today. It's Friday. What is it? Oh, it's because I know I don't have work tomorrow. <laughs> My, the weekend is before me. There's this expectation of, of good things happening for the weekend. And that's why Mondays come and we're like, Oh my gosh, it's hopeless. The world's coming to an end. Like it's, We are complex people. We need something bigger. And that's everything I've just talked about. That resurrection hope changes all that. It is not so that your Fridays, your Mondays, every day in between, your days are set fixed on a hope that is not dependent on whether you have work today or tomorrow, but on Jesus Christ and what he has done. And he says, he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Man, that's it. So we're spending our whole lives looking for joy and peace. And his prayer is that God will do it and that resurrection hope will do it. And so what is joy and peace going to do for you? It's going to change the way, not just the way you look at the, the world, but the way the world looks at you. What do they see when they look at you? Do they see an overflowing of joy and peace? Or do they see hopelessness, despair, anxiety, pain? My friends, look, your world, your day is not going to get any better or worse by complaining, by never smiling, by walking shoulders slumped. Actually, I'll tell you this. Your day won't get better by doing that. It will continue to get worse by doing that. We have the hope of Jesus in us. If you have put your faith in him, then you have resurrection hope in you. Let it affect the way that you look. Smile. Stand tall because you are not thrown around by what is happening in the world around. You have Christ. We
we want to be overflowing with hope. Let it change your look. Let it change your language. Look, hope will change the way you speak. Are you just overly negative all the time, speaking about how terrible things are, how you never get your way, how things never work out for you, how if only this person were to do that, and they're always complaining, always giving excuses, always giving reasons of why the world is out to get you. You need to go back and evaluate your hope. Where's your hope? What's your hope set in? Let it change your language. Fill your mouth with words of hope. Gospel hope will do that. Resurrection hope will do it. It will change the way that you think and the way that you speak. Psalm 42, 5, I love this. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Say it with me. Hope in God. He's writing that. He's talking to himself. He's saying hope in God. He's not just telling us that. He's telling himself that, and that's what we need to tell ourselves all the time. Like, okay, world, you're crazy. It's falling apart. I don't even know how to make sense of it. Oh, right. Hope in God. My hope is bigger than the things that exist around me. Our hope has changed everything. When the world's falling apart around us, our hope is set on the truth that Jesus has taken care of it, that the world may not be the way we want it, but he is working on it, he is active, and we remind ourselves, and we remind people around us, hope in God. Set your hope in Christ. And let it change your love. Look, all of this fuels our love for God and our love for other people. The fact that the resurrection happened is, 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 is bringing life to me and to the world around me. And it makes me love God more. It makes me want to praise him more. It makes me want to love other people more. People that are difficult and difficult and difficult and that are different and difficult. Man, you're difficult. I'm difficult. We need to be difficult together and let the love of Christ and let the resurrection hope change the way that we view one another. And when we have different opinions, when we have different thoughts, different views, different stances, we can, if our hope is set on him, we can push those to the side and say, man, I love you. I don't agree with everything you're saying, but we have one thing in common. It's going to change the way that we deal with one another. It's going to change the way that we complain or not complain. And so we will love like God really is the answer to our problems. And then we will abound. We will overflow in joy, in peace, in love, in hope. Look, I said it, I said it earlier. What you believe will shape your hope. What you believe will shape what your hope is in. And so my question to you as, as I finish, what do you believe? Who are you believing in for your future, for your hope? Is it family? Is it government? Is it job? Is it money? Is it friends? Is it success, significance, power, Or is it Jesus? Jesus said it to his friends 2,000 years ago. I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? My friends in here, 
do you believe this? Where is your hope? If it's not set first and foremost on who God is and, and believing that Jesus Christ came, lived, died, rose again for you and your sin, for the forgiveness of your sins, then today is the day to put your faith, to put your hope in him. Believe in him. That's, that's step one for, for hope of a future, for hope of tomorrow. And the good news is, we talked about this Friday night at Good Friday. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us. And it's what we all need. Go to him. Trust in him. Let's stand together, church. For those of us that have been Christians for a while and we're, we're, we're wrestling through our own issues, family issues, work issues, life issues, world issues, political issues, it's a reminder for us to come back to focus our attention on what is God calling us to do? Where is our hope? What do we believe? And the good news for us, longtime Christians, is we get to go back to him again and again and say, I'm sorry. I'm putting my hope in other things. God, forgive me. I need you. Make me, make me hope in you again fully. That my heart and my faith would be in you and in you alone. So God, that's our prayer. We come. We pray with Paul, God, that, that, that you, God of hope, would fill us with all joy and peace in our believing in you so that we might abound, overflow in hope. God, help us. We want to hope in so many other things, and you say, no, come, come back to me. Those other things aren't going aren't gonna to do it. And so, God, we're coming back. And if it's for the first time or for the thousandth time, we rely on your goodness, your mercy, your grace to take us back in, to forgive us, to strengthen us, and to push us back out into the world so that we might be bringers of hope and wholeness wherever we go. Help us to do it, my God. You are our hope, our living hope. You've conquered everything through the resurrection, God. Help us to, to live in that reality, that truth. And we pray all of it in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Let's sing this closing song, Church and Faith.